Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, February 5th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Talks have broken down in the UK over how AI models can use copyrighted materials, and European banks might be in for a disappointing 2024. Plus, Turkey's central bank chief has quit just months into the job. It seems like it just reached a critical breaking point where she quit, and she basically said, I'm out, I'm just going to resign. I'm Safia Ahmed, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. A long-awaited code of conduct for how AI models can use copyrighted material has stalled in the UK. It's a big blow to the creative industry. The UK government agency that oversees copyright laws couldn't reach an agreement with artists and tech groups. Establishing rules on AI is top of mind for many artists, authors, and musicians. They're worried that AI models could copy and reproduce their work without paying them. This deadlock highlights the delicate balance the UK government is trying to strike between protecting the creative industry and allowing AI to develop. Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, appointed a new central bank governor over the weekend. The move came just hours after his previous appointee suddenly resigned. Hafize Gaya Erkin had been on the job for less than a year, and during that time, she started a major overhaul of Turkey's economic policy. I'm joined now by the FT's Turkey correspondent, Adam Sampson. Hi, Adam. Hi, Sevilla. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about Erkin's pretty abrupt departure. Why did she resign? So Friday night was a pretty dramatic night here. The announcement came out quite late. I think it was after 10 p.m. Uh, local time here in Ankara. There had been rumors spreading about her in the local press, I'd say for almost a month now. Basically, the sum of the press reports were that she had sort of given her father an unofficial role at the central bank and that he had even gone so far as to fire one employee. Some of the other reports said that she hadn't gone along super well with some of the other senior staff. It hasn't been possible to verify any of that, but those reports have just been, you know, sort of going and going and going. And finally, you know, it seems like it just reached a critical breaking point where she quit and she basically said, I'm out, I'm just going to resign. Okay, so how did Erkin get to be Turkey's central bank governor in the first place? And what were some of her policies? Basically, Turkey had these unconventional, unorthodox economic policies for quite a long time. They were causing a lot of problems in its economy. It had a runaway inflation. People were very worried about the potential for balance of payments crisis. The lira is at a record low. All this really, really bad stuff. And so Governor Erkin started in early June. She was an appointment that was made as part of this major economic overhaul that Turkey is doing. And her hallmark change was that she raised interest rates from 8.5% to 45%, which is an absolutely huge increase. And the political backdrop is also really interesting. President Erdogan is a very longtime opponent of high interest rates. He once called high interest rates the mother and father of all evil. He's fired previous central bank governors for raising them. So it was quite a big deal that she was able to raise them numerous times and to such a high level. So externally, people were you know, quite happy with her monetary policy. So is the implication here that maybe Erkin was pushed out? I mean, I think 
in some way or another, she was definitely pushed out. I think it's impossible right now to tell where the truth is. But her replacement is one of her deputies, a deputy central bank governor. He started in July. His name is Fatih Karahan. What he's really focused on has been macroeconomics and labor markets. He worked at the New York Federal Reserve for about a decade. So his background is a very conventional sort of economic background for a central banker. He's sort of a known entity in the economic community here. One of the former central bank chief economists came out and said, pretty much right after his appointment, yeah, I know him, he's an expert, and he's liked by people within the institution. So the reaction has been fairly positive among people sort of in the economic and financial community here. Okay, so it seems like there's a little stability with this new appointment, but I'm wondering what does this change mean for Turkey Central Bank and its monetary policy now? Yeah, so I think certainly, you know, when all this was happening on Friday night, one of the biggest questions on everybody's mind, and and even before Friday night, the biggest question since this overhaul started in June has been, how long is President Erdogan going to stick with it? I mean, for a long time now, Erdogan has pitched this policy of holding interest rates really, really low, despite high inflation, which is you know, if you talk to 99% of economists, it's only made inflation much, much worse and caused all sorts of other problems. And I mean, the central bank doesn't have any meaningful level of independence. So, you know, it could change on a whim, basically. Adam Sampson is the FT's Turkey correspondent. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. The United States launched a series of strikes over the weekend against militant groups aligned with Iran. This comes after a drone attack killed three American soldiers a week ago in Jordan. The Biden administration is under a lot of pressure to respond to the attack. It has since hit more than 80 targets in Yemen, Syria, and Iraq. But there are also concerns that an escalation could draw American troops deeper into combat. Since the outbreak of the Israel-Hamas war, President Biden has repeatedly said he wants to avoid a full-blown regional conflict. But on Sunday, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said that these latest strikes are, quote, the beginning, not the end, of the U.S. response. European banks are bracing for a tough year. A handful of major lenders released fourth-quarter earnings reports last week, and some of them are already starting to see a hit to their profits. Here to explain why is the FT's European banking correspondent, Owen Walker. Hi, Owen. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. So to start things off, can you walk us through the broad themes of these earnings reports and 2024 forecasts? So, I mean, a a general theme across the board is the impact of interest rates. And so What we've seen in Europe, especially over the last couple of years, is interest rates going from historic lows and in some places even negative to uh, the highest uh, rates since the financial crisis in a really quick time. And what that has meant for banks certainly over the past year is it's been a real boon, really, because they make more money on the loans they have to customers. But what we're starting to see with the fourth quarter results is expectations that the year ahead, interest rates are actually going to start falling. And in response to some of the announcements from banks, 
BNP, the largest French bank and arguably one of the biggest banks in Europe, lost as much as 10% of its market value on Wednesday when it reported its results. So shareholders have really been looking at these numbers and, and thinking there's going to be a significantly lower level of profitability among European banks in 2024 than it was in 2023, and, and therefore they are voting with their feet. Was there anything else concerning in the earnings reports? So a flip side of the increased interest rates we've seen over the past couple of years has been the impact on commercial real estate. So with rising interest rates, that means that mortgage costs increase and that is really hitting the commercial real estate market. And so what we're starting to see is a lot of banks starting to have to provision for potential losses from that sector, in particular the U.S. commercial real estate market. Yeah, so how big of a factor are these problems you're talking about in commercial real estate? Well, we saw a a group of banks across the world uh, last week in Asia, in North America, and also Deutsche Bank in Europe, provisioning quite heavily for potential losses on U.S. commercial real estate. Deutsche Bank in particular increased its provisions from 26 million euros a year ago to 123 million euros in the fourth quarter. So that really hit its profits. And we're also starting to see in other areas as well. So Arguably, the biggest story in European banks so far has been at Julius Baer, which is now Switzerland's second biggest bank. And it was heavily exposed to an Austrian real estate developer called Signa Group. And Signa is is facing all sorts of problems itself. Now, Julius Baer on Thursday came out and said that it was going to write down its entire 606 million Swiss franc exposure to Signa. And in response to that, the CEO resigned because this was seen as a loss that was taken because really the risks weren't managed appropriately at the bank. Wow. So, Owen, what should we be looking out for with European banks in the coming weeks? So today we have Unicredit reporting their results. They are coming off the back of a very strong 2023. So all eyes are going to be on how they uh, rounded out the final quarter and their prospects for the year ahead. Tuesday, UBS coming off the back of their huge mega takeover of Credit Suisse are going to be announcing their full-year result. And then the uh, UK bank's going to round off the European banking season in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, plenty more to get through. And I think that, as I say, the theme of this year's results is the prospect of lower interest rates in the year ahead and what that means for banks' profitability. Owen Walker is the FT's European banking correspondent. Thanks, Owen. Great. Thanks very much. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces. 
Tight corners or odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured, or tall? Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.